Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Chopper Pequeno, your Jam That Champion. I'm joined by El Fakador Laurie Blake. Yeah, I know this show is normally Luke and Ollie, but we've got me and Laurie today. Yeah, you, dream team. Are you shooting? Are you shooting, brother? Yeah, I'm, I'm like Arn Anderson. <laughs> With his favourite son, Glock Anderson. Uh, yeah, uh, Glock Anderson. God, that was that is one hell of a promo, isn't it? What's that's happening great. with wrestling later being like, I just kill a man, and then Goldberg and Raw being like, I'm going to kill you. Like, I what? love the fact that it's all these old guys. I love it. It's like they're just like, yeah, say what you ever want, say whatever you want, Granddad. It's fine. <laughs> when I was in the war, there was a grenade one time. I'd kill a man. Who cares? <laughs> Yeah, it's brilliant. Like Arn Anderson sometimes looks like he can barely hold in a way. Like you know what I mean? It's gonna kill someone with a Glock. What are we talking about? I, I will say him falling off the ring in that match, going round the ring post, realizing he was in the wrong spot, and walking round the ring and then falling off. He looked a little bit pathetic. I must admit. Mm. Uh, well, this is this. Is, I just think it's funny. I just I love that. I love the Jake. I love Jake the Snake coming out and mm-hmm. telling Cody like, "Don't turn on me back on Matt. Don't turn your back on a man." that you respect turns his back on him. Like, I just love it when they bring in old wrestlers and they're just like, yeah, yeah, I could take this 25-year-old. It's like, no, you <laughs> bloody couldn't. <laughs> Maybe if there's a Glock Have you seen a 25-year-old? <laughs> I couldn't take a 25-year-old. <laughs> I'm not that far past 25. Jesus. Hey, man, wrestlers are superheroes. Don't question it. They are. They can, they, they especially when they're armed with guns. Yeah, that's Undertaker, true. Yeah. Undertaker was sitting there being like, yes, Arn, this is the time I'm talking about. <laughs> when men were men. When men were men. Exactly. Jesus um, wept. It's so I, funny. I, Goldberg going, I'm going to kill. I'm going to kill you, Bobby Lashley. <laughs> Bobby Lashley. You can kill Bobby Lashley. Bobby <laughs> Lashley did MMA, you idiot. Goldberg's a superhero. Don't question it. Um, Goldberg's not done more than five minutes for, for years. For, for most yeah, of no. his career, frankly. Yeah, oh, that's true. I love it. I love it. I mean, we're going to talk about this more on the main show, um, but I've, I've got some funny things to say about that. Um, and also, I th- just figured I'd clarify, Luke is still away on paternity leave, and Ollie is on holiday, which is why it's me and Laurie today. It's fallen to us to review Raw, the show that neither of us watch on a weekly basis. Uh... Can't believe Luke had a baby so he could get out of this. 
I know, right? It's, yeah, Jesus Christ. It's, just, it's wrong. I mean, it's wrong. I mean, if you think, you know, like nine months ago, Raw was real bad. Oh, yeah. Raw was real bad. That was that was the mm. dark times. I reckon that when Luke was like, "All right, now's the time. We gotta we gotta try for this baby because hot damn, can't take that, that much more of Raw anymore." If it gets any worse, <laughs> oh my, my good golly gosh, what a program it is! What a program! And what I don't uniquely, understand what a uniquely made program WWE Raw is. It's definitely <laughs> got a flavor a flavor of its own, Peter. That's mm. how I would describe it. Yes, definitely an acquired taste. Uh, mm. Not one I'm that... sure I like. Uh, no, ultimately, no, definitely not. And it's, it looks like the things that I like. <laughs> looks a lot like them, Pete, but it's mm. not. It's not. It's like it's like the corn version of wrestling, isn't it? WWE oh, Raw. Man. You, I, like, I think like that's how corn mints. You can look at you can look at corn mints and you go, "Hmm, that's mints, delicious." Mm -hmm. And yeah. then you eat corn mints and you're like, "Wow, that is flavorless goop that <laughs> <laughs> barely holds its shape under scrutiny." I, that's WWE think, Raw. That's WWE Raw. Flavorless that, goop. That's being harsh on corn. I reckon. Yeah, I think. Probably. I think. I think corn's got more redeeming qualities than raw does. Hot take. Um, Depends also, on the form I, of corn, though. This is the thing. True. The, the good thing about corn is it's versatile. <laughs> <laughs> it, can, it can at least do multiple things, and that's what raw can't do. <laughs> uh, I did. I did compare. I think on the SmackDown podcast last week, I compared uh, SmackDown to the first Transformers movies, um, mm. where if you yeah. just turn your brain off, it's explosions. It's robots fighting each other. Cool, right? But there's absolutely no substance to it if you start thinking about it for more than two seconds. You're that's, saying it lacked the depth of the 1980s Transformers film in which they killed yes. all of the childhood hero Transformers in the first five minutes so they could sell mm -hmm. more toys. Yes, you are correct, Pete. It did, it yeah. did lack that depth. And, and, and they had uh, <laughs> Unicron, the, the big planet destroyer, right? Mm. Is that right? The planet-destroying planet, yeah. Look, look at this. Voiced by this Orson Welles in his final his final role before he died. Uh, yeah, it's, great stuff. Love that movie. It's cool though. They it's go to the planet of the Junkions. Bar weep, Grana weep, Mini Bomb. <laughs> yeah, the universal greeting. It works every time, apart from when it doesn't work. But it's fine. Anyway, we're talking about more stuff in the outro. That's probably more rambling nonsense. But for now, let's get into the main show where we're going to be talking about the draft because it was night two of the draft 2021 it concluded on raw and wasn't great i'll be honest wasn't great so we've got some thoughts on the whole draft thing let's talk about it oh boy the wwe draft 2021 has concluded and wasn't great. Wasn't great, I'll be honest. Well, it's a little bit disappointing, isn't it? Welcome to the WrestleTalk Podcast review of Raw. I'm Chopper Pete Quinnell. You're jammed that champion for 100 plus days. Hey, Laurie, did you know, by the way, that if I retain my championship at Crown Jewel in a couple of weeks, mm. I then become the longest reigning champion ever, superseding your reign? Isn't that great? That's, that's a nice, nice fact. Yeah, it's fine. It's good, isn't it? It's only a matter Can't of time wait. before. It's only a matter of time. Yeah, only it is only. It is only a matter of, of time, time before I become the longest reigning champion ever. You're right. I'm joined by Alfredo Laurie Blake. Hello. Hey. Uh, no Luke and Ollie today. 
because... No, we're the kings of the short straw, Peter. Exactly. Yes, exactly. The kings of the short straw. Because Ollie is on holiday this week, and Luke is on paternity leave. So we're the backups. By default. By default, the dream team. That's us. Anyway, um... Welcome to the show. Make sure to get in your ultra chats to let us know what you thought of the draft in 2021 at wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We're going to read out all the ultra chats that are five bucks and up by the time the show goes off the air. But first things first, let's talk about the problems with the draft. Because mm. this year was a bit rubbish um, for a lot of reasons. We, I spoke about, uh, me and Tempest spoke about a lot of them. Also, mainly me because Tempest was ten minutes late to the show on, on Saturday. No one tell no one tell anyone that though. Um, <laughs> I just had a solo show for about ten minutes and then Tempest turned up. Um, but I, we spoke about the issues with uh, the draft and how it felt very rushed. The rules didn't really make any sense. None of the stories that played out based off the draft really made any sense. When you just think about it for a couple of seconds, like none of the logistics mm. work out. Um, <clears throat> And then they kind of double down on all of that <laughs> in this episode of Raw because the draft in and of itself, my my view of what the, the point of a draft is, is to make both brands feel fresh and new and exciting. It's supposed to make you want to be excited to watch the show or the, 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 the new flavors of the brands, right? Um, and I don't think it did that for me at all this year. I, I don't think I'm very excited because there's so many questionable decisions in this, like not revealing the draft pools beforehand. So we don't know who was eligible to be drafted on either show until it actually happened. Uh, and there seemed to be no kind that there was no, there was not very much pomp and circumstance between each pick. It just goes, here's Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville. And they go raw drafts, this person, SmackDown drafts, this person, raw drafts this person and it's mm. just it all seems very kind of formulaic and boring and you could tell it was very very rushed because there's some people left on these brands that doesn't make any sense which we'll get into in a little bit but it's just really uninspiring is what i'd call it well i think the biggest thing about it is i think like you said they didn't make a big deal out of the draft and so because it's not real pete I don't know if you know, but wrestling is fake uh, because the draft is just moving people around for the semblance of freshness every year. It's not quite the same as real sports drafts where it is literally people's contracts are up. So we have to draft them to new teams or they re-sign with a team that they're currently with, blah, blah, blah. It's just there to be a story hook. And if you don't make it a story, then how are you going to what, what's the what's the bloody point in doing it at all? Because it's irrelevant otherwise. Like you might as well save it for another time like when it's more relevant then. Why does it need to happen now if you have no plans for it? In the same way, like, you know, trying to do Hell in a Cell when it's like trying to do Hell in a Cell just for a pay-per-view always feels a bit unimaginative and they don't always have the storyline to build into a Hell in a Cell match. You need to bring these things in when they're going to be relevant to the product. And if you're going to choose to do a draft every single year, make sure that it matters and it means something. And don't do things like move Seth Rollins over and also have moved the person that he's just had a load of matches with so that he immediately is asked about the person he's had loads of matches with. So we're just going to get those same matches, but now they're on a Monday. But now they're red. You might sit on a Monday. You might, you might like it on a Monday. 
Mm. I mean, you probably exactly. liked it on a Friday. It was pretty good, but like, that's this is this is the issue, isn't it? This is the problem. Is like we we having you're moving people around to like shake up the roster, and yet somehow you've kept every single almost every single feud together, uh, and then split up all your tag teams. Okay, let's talk about these split ups because in kayfabe, in the rules of the draft, you can draft tag teams. There is no reason for the Fox and USA Networks execs, whoever's doing the actual, the kayfabe drafting, to not want to draft the tag team because you just get more people, right? There's no reason for mm. them to, to not want that. So we got people, like, you can draft the whole stable. We got Hit Row. It was one pick. That's four people in one. Crazy, right? Pick. That's awesome. So why? And you could make a kayfabe argument. Why don't you draft the whole New Day together? Why just split them up, right? You could make the kayfabe argument that maybe, because Biggie's the WWE champion, he has to be picked as a, as a solo act, right? And you have the rest of the New Day go over to another brand. You could, you could make that argument. Sure, I don't think that tracks, because Swerve is the North American champion as part of Hit Row that got drafted as a stable. But sure, let's, let's go along that. Why? Because we got some additional picks on Raw Talk after this show. Why would you draft Veer? And not Shanky and Jinder Mahal. That's a thing that happened. Why would you do that? Oh, no, Pete. <laughs> why, why, why would you draft Tamina and not Natalia? Why would you draft Tegan Knox and not Shotzi Blackheart? All of those things actually happened. Mm. Why? Why are you so insistent on breaking up all of your teams? And they also split up Mason T-Bar as well. Like I don't, yeah, I think when it's, I don't when it's like low level stuff, it doesn't necessarily matter. Like I don't think anyone anyone's having none of these people were involved in immensely important storylines. Mm. And I, but I think the problem is WWE doesn't know if people are or they aren't or like. And then we're now in this weird liminal space between the draft has happened, but it's not necessarily finished because Jeff Hardy's still going to be on Raw for a little bit before he goes to SmackDown properly, and he's still having matches that relevant to raw but not to smackdown but also it's like his farewell match and so he's mm -hmm. not winning and then he's talking about what he's going to do when he gets to smackdown it's just it it's baffling they're like this 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 raw really smacked of a show that was trying to do far too much and managing to do nothing like it was trying to set up a crown jewel it was trying to resolve the draft it was trying to move people on and resolve storylines from raw while also not resolving storylines because the people who are moving, they don't really care about anymore. And it was also attempting to basically come up with reasons why uh, everyone was staying, maintaining a level of power that means that nothing is spoiled for Crown Jewel. So, like, nothing happened, essentially, on this Raw, apart from it's announced that in maybe two weeks' time, something might happen with some new people. We might see some new people. I mean, and it was all these introductions, these weird introductions as well. I don't know. This, this draft just didn't feel like an event. It was just tacked on to a regular episode of Raw. Um, and like, yeah, and, and like really felt secondary to the fact that Crown Jewel's coming up in mm -hmm. just over two weeks now. So two weeks, yeah. two days. Like it, that is, the, I think that's the main problem is like the draft before did really feel like a whole interbrand, really stupid thing everyone's in their t-shirts if sitting backstage and waiting to be drafted and they come out mm -hmm. and like it's a real presentation like the way that sports drafts are actually made into television 
and then like a big event and a big show and you get the whole kind of pomp and circumstance like you said this really didn't have any of that it was just <laughs> Pearson Deville could not have seemed more bored and the commentators <laughs> were just like whoa Finn Balor can't believe it what's next oh not Alexa Bliss <laughs> she's spooky Mm-hmm. Man, can't believe Ricochet's gone. Yeah, and that's it. That, that, there's there is a, there are those small positives. It's like it's weird. It's also weird the way the balance has worked out. Raw has got all these big beefy blokes now, and SmackDown has taken basically all the people who were not being really used by Raw and a bunch of NXT people. So SmackDown, I think SmackDown's actually ended up with. He's not got the the big star power necessarily. But it's got a quite a nifty little roster of like interesting mm. new people, quite fresh faces. So, and I'm really excited to see people like Shayna Baszler and Ricochet over there, where they might get used properly for the first time since they kind of got called up. So it'd be interesting. I I get that. I also am not interested in that because <laughs> du- because WWE hasn't <laughs> earned my trust. Like I'm, I can't, I can't get my hopes up for them to be like, oh well, they might use them properly over on this show. It's like we're just using properly in the first oh, place. This you problem that jaded, you, you jaded hack, Pete. Hey man, you jaded, Look, jaded hack. You've been burned I, I too many said, times before. Even Pavlov's dog learned. You know, you are right. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, there was so much, there was so much going into the show as well. Like they had the storyline with the Usos that they set up on SmackDown of. Again, this makes no sense if you think about it for more than two seconds. Roman Reigns being mad at Paul Heyman. He's like, why weren't the Usos drafted today? Why was Brock Lesnar a free agent? And yet the Usos weren't drafted to SmackDown. He's like, well, they weren't part of the draft pool, were they, last week? You idiot. They're clearly part of the draft pool on Monday. And he's like, well, Paul, you better go to Raw and make sure that the Usos get drafted to SmackDown. And then the Usos, he ordered them to go with them. And he's like, well, if you don't get drafted to SmackDown, make sure you leave Paul Heyman for dead on Raw. That's an exact quote. That's what he said. Leave him for dead Mm. on Raw. So how was that storyline progressed and, and paid off? Uh, in the first pick, it was so SmackDown, and it shows him backstage going, "Hey, that's it. That's the whole yeah, story." Paul, Paul, but it explained why Paul was sweating. Pete, <laughs> <laughs> maybe they knew it was going to be a hot day beforehand. They were like, "We need a reason that Paul's going to be sweating his tits off." <laughs> so let's do. Let's make up a reason. Yeah, I know. I completely agree with you. And then they had that bit where they mentioned Brock being a free agent, and the Usos mm-hmm. looked at him grumpily and then walked off. So, like, it's a tiny little sow of tension, but. Doesn't but mean that, nothing. Even that, they go up and like, can you tell us more about uh, Brock Lesnar being a free agent? And then the Usos go, Ugh. and then everyone just walks off. It's like, no, he asked you a question. You can answer it yeah. or not. And the interviewer just walks off. It's like, wait, but you asked the question. Do you not want the answer to it? What do you That's mean? a journalism, Pete. <laughs> I've done the journalism. I asked the question. Did I wait for the answer? Doesn't matter. Now and- give me my Pulitzer. <laughs> <laughs> and very quickly, I did just want to mention as well, after this, because they split up Natalia and Tamina and Shotzi and Knox, there is now one women's tag team left in the women's tag team division who are the champions who's a thrown-together team of Rhea Ripley and Nikki A.S.H. Oh, and they don't like each other. No, also, they don't. So, like, when she was like, we're going to give them the boom zap kapows, Rhea Ripley <laughs> was shooting daggers. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> shooting daggers at Nikki A.S.H. So, like, this team is not long for the world. Like, it cannot be. No. Uh, mate, on Raw last week, they couldn't agree on the colour blue. Like, <laughs> what are they going to do? I just, God. 
how are they going to solve these? these how will they coexist when they don't see the world the same way, Pete? Exactly. Yeah. Um, overall, I thought this was very underwhelming for two draft back-to-back draft episodes. Very underwhelming. I'm not super pumped about a lot of the changes. Are very superficial. It's like this person is now going to be wrestling under red lights instead of blue, mm. and like that's that was like as much as it got. It wasn't like oh, this person who hasn't been on SmackDown in X amount of years or whatever. It was just like this person is now over here. Yeah, because I, I think the thing you need for it is for it to come at a time when storylines end. So, like, mm. had Extreme Rules wrapped up a bunch of storylines that weren't going to continue, you bring in the draft, and on the draft, what happens is someone comes out and says, hey, I'm the Universal Champion, for instance. Uh, I've just beaten this guy, and there are now no more competitors left. Boom, somebody's music hits, outwalks that guy who is a surprise, and it immediately starts a story. So, like, when you're just doing it in this rope, two people behind a podium taking turns to pick different people and saying they're going somewhere, you get a graphic and then a really awkward shot of someone backstage going, yes, roll. <laughs> like, that's, that does, it doesn't, that's not good TV. It's bad mm. TV. And yeah. you're much better off using the draft using the draft as a backwards mechanism. Like it makes more sense that Becky comes out at the beginning of the show and announces herself as the first pick. Cause at least that's a story. At least that's something happening. At least that's a, she's got a motivation for being there, but it doesn't make sense when the other champions gone over the other brand. And then she says, why don't we have a match? Even though there are, uh, there are two other matches lined up that I'm supposed to be having and you're supposed to be having. So that yeah. makes all of those irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, that doesn't make any sense. But like having people come out and be like walk straight into storylines and have surprises happening, and like people should be jumping people and beating them down as a way to announce their presence on a show. It shouldn't just be Seamus is over there, he's <laughs> coming over here, and uh, so and we'll deal with it later. <laughs> and even even the people that show up on the show don't necessarily get the best treatment. Hey, it's Kevin Owens. He's on Raw, and he gets interrupted by Akira Tozawa, and he hit a stunner. And then he left. He didn't even say what he wanted to say. Whoop de doo! Like, oh my god, uh, what, what? That was an absolute cul-de-sac of story. That bit. <laughs> was like, Here's Kevin Owens to say something. Oh no, Tazawa's come out to importantly wait for a match with Reginald that he's not having, and then a stunner, and then Kevin Owens just I, leaves. And I, the commentator was like, "That's what you get with Kevin Owens." It's like, what do you mean? What do what you, you get? mean? unfulfilled segments is that what you get with kevin owens jesus christ oh man it's what it is hold up what was that Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's see what you guys thought. Let's get into some some ultra chats of yours, and we'll talk about the rest of the show afterwards. Uh, Sean Blandford says, uh, The men's main event scene on SmackDown is weak once Roman has his inevitable feud with Drew. Who is going to be the one to beat Roman from what's left? Jeff Hardy, Nakamura, Kofi? I've said it before, but Roman has been built up too strong. Please save us, Walter. I mean, I'd love to see Walter versus (laughs) Roman Reigns. I would love to see that. Yeah, I mean... It won't happen, I don't think, but I'd love mm. to see it. Um, Especially now, that... now he does it. It's the best time to do it. He doesn't wear a vest anymore, Pete. Lots of chops. You could slap that guy. Mm, slap that man! <laughs> uh, Lakshmi Narasimhan B says, uh, didn't McIntyre just cut a promo last Friday about going after the Universal title? He just changed his mind over the weekend. Also, like Brock Lesnar, the big guy above is also the, a free agent, I guess. Wrecked, wrecked WWE main event one day, cost Miro the title another. Yeah, I know. God went undrafted in this uh, in this WWE draft, so you know it's pretty a uh, pretty big deal. He's a free agent now. Also, that rule doesn't make any sense. If you don't get drafted, you just get to pick whatever show you want to go to. Why would you want to be drafted then? Yeah, you could choose. Oh you could choose. man, you want to My actively brain, not man. be drafted because then you can just choose whatever show you want to get in kayfabe. <sighs> Just don't Rules. do a draft. Just, just move people. Who cares? Yeah. God, it's dumb. Anyway, um, Charles Berg says, uh, Kevin Owens looks like he wants to go. Here's some manservant suggestions. Make Ollie clip your toenails. Disgusting. Make Ollie brush his Ooh. teeth, then drink OJ. <clears throat> Have Ollie eat an entire jar of jam. <laughs> I I think this says... Make sorry, Ollie... I'm sorry. Three of those, sorry, of those three things, only one of them is actually like manservanty. Like the yeah. point of a manservant is they do useful stuff, not oh my god, all this jam needs eating, Ollie. Yes, yeah. <laughs> there is one more, and this this does have a touch of the Drake Mavericks, and we know how much Ollie loves Drake Maverick. He has a whole meme is, around it. Is it what piss yourself, Dave? Yes, yeah. yeah, make Ollie piss his oh, pants. Yeah. That's what it says. Yeah, making piss his um, pants. Yeah. Ollie, these pants need pissing. <laughs> yeah. Could you- because you saw that out for me. Yeah. Uh, and then he says, okay, the last one is far too cruel. Don't do that. I mean, maybe. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But thank you for the suggestion. I think we've all uh, lost we've all lost sight of the meaning of manservant. It's Yeah. Hey man, I'm just gonna say, once we get to eight hundred and fifteen thousand subscribers on the main channel, I wanna make all of you something extra embarrassing, because why not? 
But we need to get there first before he gets back from his mm. holiday, ideally. So make him shave that. his head. <gasps> He'd hate that. Yes. Oh, that's such a good idea. It's so it's a horrible because he's he's just got <laughs> his just hair. Got, it's just grown back, mate. Oh, oh, it's good. Uh, anyway. We'll get into more of your Ultra Chats later on. Uh, keep sending those in at russeltalk.com forward slash support. Uh, but for now, let's get into the review of the main show, which started off with SmackDown Women's Champion Becky Lynch coming out uh, to say that she is going to jump the gun because she does what she wants to and reveals that she it's is, in me. fact, the first pick for Raw. She's so okay. cool. I, I don't... This kind of just raises a logistics question. Again, it makes total sense if you don't think about it. But if you think about it, how did she know her pick before it was announced? Because everyone else on the show reacts to the announcement of them being drafted. So it's a surprise to everyone. Why does she mm. beforehand? I guess if she just says, then they have. Then it's just like she has to do it. <laughs> then oh, that's I, true. I, I'm I, I can't dig into it. I can't dig into <laughs> it. It's, I, I just don't want to. Um, yeah, I am already over Becky Lynch. Uh, now I don't like the new Becky Lynch, and I don't like the inevitability that comes of a Becky Lynch appearance. Um, Becky appearing on this show signaled that the finish of the match, the main event, was going to be a schmoz. Yep. It signals the fact that probably the match at Crown Jewel isn't going to be up to much snuff. Um, and yeah, it just everything about it just screams like this is just this is a narrative dead end. We are spinning our wheels until we get to do until you really think that the storyline is going to kick into gear and actually something will change and something will happen. Becky, they've they've booked Becky too strong, essentially. Mm. And they like like and I like I liked, you know, Becky when she came up and sort of the whole bloody nose leading the team SmackDown for Survivor Series, leading into the Ronda Rousey stuff, like was all great. But now I know it's meant to be obnoxious now. It's too obnoxious almost. Uh, and it's just it's just not doing it for me because having a character whose whole thing is like I am inevitable mm. and I I'm going to ruin this thing. And then it happens and they're ruined. It's like you you don't even have time to root for the other person to come up and be like, please stop her from doing that. Mm -hmm. Um and yeah, it's just the overexposure is is getting to be too much. Yeah, so yeah. Be Becky comes out. She's and like, what was the point of Bianca Belair losing the SmackDown Women's Championship if it's just going to be Becky versus Charlotte again with all the belts that's, on the line? Like, that's why. The point. That's the point, Laurie. You just said it. It's Becky versus Charlotte again. <laughs> that's what they want. Yeah. And then and then we do <laughs> Becky two belts, and then we've we've got leftover stock of those belts of those t-shirts. Mm -hmm. So we do that, and yeah. then yeah, I don't know, man. I just I've just not been into it for like I was I was really into the the whole Becky thing for ages, and then it's just slowly whittled away and i don't think they built up any goodwill bringing her back and having a beat bianca belair um yeah. and this is i think the crowd are still really into her they're still they were into they were really into mm. her and bianca belair here um and they booed charlotte which is what mm -hmm. you're supposed to do with charlotte so you know everything worked um, in this segment and i will say as well i'm not a huge fan of charlotte flares i know she's objectively a very good wrestler i thought her promo here was very good I thought she probably had mm. the best promo of the three of them. I thought she came off really, really well. She's, I think she's really, 
this sounds condescending, but I, f- I feel like she's really found her legs with this current character that she's got of being like the opportunity and, and handing out the opportunities to all the, the young upstarts and stuff like that. Um, and yes, yeah, but she, this is, this is the exact really same good. deal as what, yeah, sorry, this is Char- what Charlotte's doing is exactly what Becky's doing, but Becky mm. is a pseudo, like a sort of in betweener. And Charlotte is just a heel. Like Charlotte yeah. is also doing I am inevitable. You understand mm-hmm. that when Charlotte appears in a match, it's likely Charlotte's gonna win. And you don't like that as a fan. Uh, but because she the way she plays it, she just about makes it work. And she does have that she just has a great whatever the inverse of rapport is with the crowd. That's she's got that relationship with the crowd where like they will happily chant at her and do whatever. And she just rides it and like completely controls that scenario to say what she's got to say. And everything she does digs the hole a little bit deeper and makes people a little bit more angry. She's mm-hmm. great. I think she's she's a brilliant promo. Yeah. Yeah, she this this was really, really good. And it felt very natural as well from her, which was very good. Um <laughs> again, this is again nitpicking, but it's the kind of thing where if you just think about it for more than two seconds doesn't make any sense was Bianca Belair saying technically you don't even go here Charlotte's like yeah she does until after crown jewel that's when the picks actually come into effect mm. so and she's, she's got the belt she still does so and she's still got she... the Royal Women's Championship so actually doesn't make any sense Bianca but nice try uh it's just to get out of the line of you don't even go here I guess but didn't really work on this one For anyway the second time because she goes here now yeah this is it yeah catchphrase C yeah Absolutely. Um, but then the segment just kind of ends. Becky was being like the instigator trying to rile everyone up. And then the segment just kind of ends when Pearson DeVille come out and go like, it's going to be Bianca versus uh, uh, Charlotte in the main event. And also we're going to have Rhea and Nikki versus Natalia and Tamina. And everyone went, oh, that's not quite as fun. And then they went, and also we're going to have Damian Priest and Jeff Hardy right now. And then they started entering. And I was like, wait, what happened to the... Are they done? I guess they're done. They're done. Okay, They're finished. Sure. Becky's yeah. brilliant plan to rile mm. the two people up to have a match for the Raw Women's Championship, which you shouldn't really need to do because you just say there's going to be a championship match. That's fine. We didn't need anything more. I don't know what the brilliant plan here was mm. of Becky's to make two people have a match so that she could interfere in the match. Like, her, what was yeah. her goal? What was her goal in putting Charlotte's oh, belt on the line against Bianca Belair? You're doing the thing that I do, which I'm is thinking, thinking I'm about thinking, it. Pete. I'm just thinking, thinking Pete, about I'm it. Sorry, and but that's, Pete, this is it. What was what was her goal, Pete? Because she I made Charlotte and Bianca whip them up into a frenzy. So they were like, "Let's have a match for the the championship." Then Sonya Deville and Adam Pearce they come out of the back, Pete. They come out from the back and they said to him, "You're going to have a match for the main event." And Becky's like, "Brilliant!" Rubs her hands together. I've done a plan. I've bloody well done a plan. And she tells the commentators when she's on the thing later, "Look, look at this plan I did. I told them to have a match, and now they're having the match, Pete. <laughs> they're having it." And then she goes, she goes in the, when the match is happening. She goes and she stops Bianca from winning the belt. What's the bloody point? Like, you only set up the match because you want Charlotte to lose the belt because you can beat Bianca in 26 seconds and be Becky two belts. Like, that's much easier for you than it is to try and beat Charlotte Flair, who is legitimately the most decorated woman in professional wrestling. See, there's there's a lot of people that accuse us of overthinking WWE planning. I would counter that by saying, no, we're just thinking. There's a difference, right? As just I don't I think it was a non-title match, by the way, just to clarify that. 
It's a non-title match. Yeah, which means that Becky interfering means even less. Like, makes even less sense. Because what does it matter who wins to her? Literally makes no difference to her. Whatever. Why um, wouldn't you beat up Charlotte? But also, why wouldn't you beat up Charlotte in that I sense? don't Because you're going to have the because... match against... Because uh, Bianca's the match Bianca, I got a match against Bianca first, I guess, because they're doing Crown Jewel, but... Well, um, brain. They then had the first round of picks. Raw got Becky Lynch. SmackDown got the Usos, which they really didn't hype up at all. And just finished that story from SmackDown. Rad. Raw then got Bobby Lashley and SmackDown got Sasha Banks. Cool. Uh, Damian Priest then defended the US title against Jeff Hardy again. And was a match. Jeff Hardy lost. He hit the Swanton. And then Damian Priest did a crucifix pin. And that was it. See you, Jeff. Godspeed. <laughs> yeah, fine. And then Hardy did a promo afterwards and said, SmackDown, you can maybe see a different side of Hardy, a different ego, which, again, I don't believe until I, until I see it. I'm sorry, but WWE has not instilled that confidence in me at all. There was a tease of Willow when he was feuding with Sheamus. I didn't go anywhere. Mm, they're going to do Willow. Fight in a bar. Hundo, Hundo P. But then there was something that I did really like, which was Austin Theory coming down and mm. fanboying out and being like, oh my God, I'm in the ring with Jeff Hardy. I I can't believe it. Like my my, my journey's been so crazy. My name's Austin Theory. I j- I'm sorry to ask this. Can I just take a selfie with you? And Hardy's like, I, uh, sure, I, I guess. Yeah, sure. Why not? Um, and he went in and he was like, oh, oh, it's not working. And then just turns around, clocks in one, uh, does his cool looking finish thing, which is like a, GTS spinny knee thing. It's cool. Um, and uh, and then takes a picture with the unconscious Hardy instead. I thought he acted his role here very well. Austin Theory yeah, I mean, came off pretty well here. I think Austin Theory, yeah, this is this is the way you want to introduce, like reintroduce someone to a brand, like add someone in. It gives him a little like it gives him a little character in a very short space of time. Like he's obviously a prick. <laughs> like, mm. and it's just that's fine. Like he's got kind of like, yeah, that whole being one of the youngest guys to be drafted thing. Like it, it's going to work wonders for him being like, oh yeah, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm almost a student of the game. I like, you know, I do kind of respect these legends, but in a, in a certain way, I want to, to kill them, Pete. Mm. I want to kill the legends. Kill? I'm Randy Orton 2.0. You've seen, you seen the word kill. That word that gets yes. thrown around quite a lot on Raw these days, apparently. Hey man. According to Goldberg. <laughs> We all die sometimes. <laughs> it's true, yeah. Uh, just very quickly, just wanted to, to reference something very quick. Just someone saw someone say in the chat um, that people saying that we should be in the office. Uh, Laurie lives on the other side of the country now, so there is a we uh, a reason. There's a reason we are remote uh, is because we don't both live in London anymore. So yeah, I'm not I'm not traveling for this. No, <laughs> no. He travels down for the No Rolls Bard shoots and then pisses off back up to the other end of the country. Oh yeah. Where? <laughs> so. <laughs> That is, that is why we are doing it uh, remotely. Um, anyway, after that, uh, we got uh, RK Bro backstage. They do some dick jokes. Uh, Randy is back, which is good. Uh, same reports from last week saying he missed Raw on a house show because he wasn't cleared to compete, but it seems like he's cleared now, which is great. Um, so, yep. Uh, and Randy wants Omos in a match. Okay. Cool. Anyway, after that, uh, Shayna Baszler then destroyed Dana Brooke, and uh, the Sorry, commentary. Graves. <laughs> Graves. Oh my god! Don't Corey pull your punches, Graves. mate. Don't pull them. Oh, 
just literally being like, hey, I'm all for, you know, talent giving it being a, uh, given a chance to improve. But oh, Dana Brooke has not shown any potential. It's like, Jesus Christ, Corey. She has accomplished nothing. She's accomplished nothing. <laughs> Brutal. Um, I mean, it's true. Yeah. But also, Jesus Christ, that's WWE's booking. Like, that's not Dana. No, that's exactly true. Know, yeah. And, it's a, and it's a shame as well, because like, you know what they say about like, it, it doesn't it doesn't help it doesn't enhance anyone to do that to your own talent in in the commentary because like like Chris Jericho always said about people is like you're much better off saying how good your opponent is because then when you beat your opponent you you look even better than them like there's no point deriding someone and putting them down because if you then lose you look stupid and here mm-hmm. for the commentary to say that Shayna Baszler is destroying Dana Brooke doesn't make Shayna look any better because obviously she's beating up an, a weakling who's got no potential and doesn't make Dana look any good. So it's like, also, why is Dana even in the match? Like, it doesn't, mm. it, none of this enhances anyone. So no. it's, it's a completely pointless, spiteful thing to say. Yeah. And it is. And I mean, I'm, I'm not saying this is particularly Corey's prerogative. I'm not saying that he took it on his back because we all know at this point that commentators are just mouthpieces for Vinnie Mac and what mm. he wants to say. More than anything, this, this just feels like Vince McMahon calling a direct shot to Dana Brooke and being like, you haven't improved. Like, Jesus Christ. Burying your own talent on air? Like, mm. come on, guys. You're better than well, that. Even if, I, I say even, that. You know, not, Corey's but, playing yeah. a character. Like, Corey is obviously playing a character mm. in his role as a commentator. But I think yeah. that probably goes one step too far because it was, it was beyond the joke. Yeah. Like it was too almost too sort of cutting of her of her WWE tra- trajectory so far. But yeah, yeah, I just I don't think it was it, it just doesn't serve any purpose to me as a bit of commentary. Mm. Yeah. Um, but then Shayna Baszler goes to do the same attack on Dana Brooke on the stairs that she's done to Nia Jax and to um Eva Marie, and Dewdrop comes out to make the save. She does a little skip down with the jazz hands on the way down. Uh Sure. And then there was a really awkward standoff where she kind of went in and they stared off each other and kind of mouthed off a little bit. And then she turned around and then Baszler went uh, on her back. And then Biff. she went, what? Hey, <laughs> my back. That, why would you hit me on the back? That really hurt. Ugh. And then they kind of stared at each other a bit. Mm. Waiting for that, the segment to end. That, that was, was the segment. Yeah. That was, yeah, it was just, it was just. There was nothing. There wasn't like Shane. wasn't Shane didn't look shocked that Dewdrop didn't re, didn't like react to the punch. Like sure. Dewdrop absolutely no sold it. Dewdrop looked confused that I don't know if she knew that she'd been hit or not. <laughs> She's <laughs> just like, huh? It was like, and, and then like, wait. so they were like they were like staring at each other, and all the while Dana's also just staring at them like, yeah, what's happening? Yeah. But and, so yeah, also- I guess. It wasn't a very good punch from Shayna. It was like a forearm to like a part of the back. It was just like a little uh, on the back. If it was also, like a so big like, like punch to the face and Dewdrop was like, oh, that barely hit me kind of thing, then I could maybe buy it. But it was just like a little tap on the back. And then she was like, why have you done this? <laughs> and that yeah. was it. And it's that thing is like, so okay, so we're going to get Shayna versus Dewdrop, what, next week or the week after before Shayna goes over to SmackDown. Mm-hmm. And so Shayna will then lose to do drop and then Shane will go to smackdown so oh, you don't say like, that no because that's what will happen and Ugh. and then 
and this is the thing as well it's like for some reason in a brand split situation they're like these the wins and losses on one show don't have mm-hmm. a knock-on effect to the other show even though what they want you to be is a fan of all the shows so like how can you expect and i'm not saying that you know they might not do this but i feel like this is the inevitable direction that it's going in if Dewdrop beats shana baszler and then Baszler goes over to SmackDown. Doesn't Shayna Baszler carry the baggage of having lost a Dewdrop like last week to SmackDown? Mm-hmm. Do people not remember these things? And obviously, like, you know, it's a bit different if she was coming from NXT, because obviously NXT barely exists, mm. uh, and it's all a fever dream we've all been having. Um, but yeah, like, Raw and SmackDown definitely cross-reference each other all the time. So it's, it is a yeah. bit weird to be like, you have to have a send-off match, and it has to be built this way. Yeah, and it it has cross reference it cross references itself until it doesn't because alexa bliss didn't lose to charlotte flair at extreme rules because charlotte flair just successfully retained against who doesn't matter won't mention it doesn't matter got alexa yeah, bliss drafted man. great she's great yeah. is she great she had a breakdown at extreme rules what for, what because of what what was that doesn't matter what was that about Something doesn't matter do, don't talk do about it dolly yeah, who knows uh yeah, whatever. Um, got... <laughs> Second round of the draft. So game. many sentences about Raw, Pete. With yeah, whatever. I, that's my entire feeling about the show. <laughs> Genuinely, that's my. You want my two words summary about the show? It's yeah, whatever. Um, mm. We got the second round of draft picks. Is Raw gets Seth Rollins to join Edge. Uh, Nakamura, Edge. Nakamura, and Boogs stay on SmackDown. Damian Priest stays on Raw, and SmackDown gets Sheamus. Yay, I get Seamus on the show that I review. Yay, Seamus is blue now. That makes me happy. Um, Paul Heyman and the Usos are backstage. Paul Heyman gets asked about uh, maintaining Brock Lesnar's uh, free agent status, which doesn't make any sense because Brock Lesnar now needs to pick a show. That's what being a free agent means as part of the draft rules. Again, if you actually think about it, it doesn't mean he's now a permanent free agent. It means he now just gets to pick what show he goes goes on to. He doesn't just get to roam. That's not how it works. Oh. I don't think you can stop him roaming. You try holding him back. Look at him. He's a wild man of the woods now, Pete. (laughs) And then everyone walks away. Sure. Uh, Ali and Mansoor face Gaza and and Carrillo. Fun match. Not very long, but a fun little match. Gaza and Carrillo won. There was also a bit where... Ali hit this kind of cool looking like driver where he like hooked one of the legs and like span around, hit like this cool like looking driver. And one of the commentary team, I think it was wherever his name is, Smithman, the lead guy, went, What a chop. What a chop. <laughs> what a chop. He's got great chops. <laughs> <laughs> was he talking about his chops or was he talking about. I, do- I don't know. Just the quote was, What a chop. After he just hooked the leg, spun him around. Do you think they're cool doing it? Driver. Do you think what they're actually playing the comment? Do you think they've got the commentary down now that they don't actually? They're not there. It's all pre-recorded, <laughs> and people just yeah. press like noise buttons. Mm. Like that that Daft Punk thing you used to be able to get on your phone that would do yes. stronger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's how they do it. I love this section, Pete, because this was where the pace really picked up a notch oh, on oh, WWE. Oh. Because oh, this match, they came out for it. They came out and they had a what four minute match, four, sure. maybe five minutes at a push. Um, mm-hmm. Umberto Carrillo posts Ali's head into the posts when he's when the referees look in the other way. They get the pin. No time to celebrate though, Pete, because here comes Big E. Big E comes down, but no time to watch Big E come down to the ring, Pete, because we got to do the draft picks. <laughs> What incredible! What an incredibly fast bit of show! I loved it. It's just like let's have all the all the stimulus. They might as Dude. well have just done 
three flipping split screens at once. I would have loved that. Mm. Let's see the, these guys celebrate. Big E can walk to the ring to his music, and the draft can be announced over Big E's entrance. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah, already I... in the ring. Somebody else for later. <laughs> See, people have gotten mad at me and Tempest because we keep talking about how bad WWE's pacing is. But goddamn, guys, this show, this section in particular, it it was unbelievable. Like, when Laurie says, oh, they won, no time to celebrate, here comes Big E, that's literally how fast it happened. They got the victory, and about two seconds later, Big E's music hits. When he says no time to celebrate, there is no time to celebrate. They knew that the Kevin Owens bit was going to go long. That's why <laughs> they had to. They had to. They had to get this over with because they knew Kevin Owens was going to take damn. too long to do that stunner that he had to do. Yeah. I love it. It's a three-hour show, Pete. It's a three. How do you need to do this to get through a three-hour show where ninety percent of it is people just going, "I am a wrestler and I am here <laughs> to do a wrestling with you." I'm now on the red show. Charlotte Flair comes out. I am going to say some things. Here's Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair says some more things, and then three more people interrupt. There could be there's so much time for actual mm-hmm. wrestling on these shows. I know wrestling. Wrestling is like to them, uh, like what uh, scones or scones are in a in a cream tea. Pete, they are merely a vessel mm. to deliver the delicious jam and cream of Sonya Deville and Adam Pearce behind a podium delivering draft <laughs> picks. <laughs> Nobody wants this exactly. stupid bread bit. Like, <laughs> give me more of the cream and jam, Pete. More of the cream and jam. Jam that's going. Um, after that, we got some more the draft picks while Biggie was doing his entrance. Uh, Raw got AJ Styles and Omos. SmackDown got Shayna Baszler. Raw got Kevin Owens, and SmackDown got Zia Lee from NXT. Cool. That's cool. I hope Zia Lee does. Do, well. do you think they're going to bring like Tian Sha with her, or do you think that's not that's just no. it's going to just be no, they, go back they, to the they, old? Spicy Zaylee character. They've been doing. They've been doing the Tianshan and Boa thing still on NXT, so I think they're going to stay as a duo. And I think Zaylee is probably going to keep the Tianshan gimmick, but without being in Tianshan. Yeah, and it's just going to be this is Zaylee, and maybe she'll get joined by Mei Ying and Boa on the main roster. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I'd hate that, uh, but that's just me. Um, God, I'm so over that Tianshan gimmick. Me and Tempest say it all the time. Get to the point. Of this TN Shark gimmick, please, for God's sake. It's been going for months. So the point, uh, Pete, is Mortal Kombat. Don't. Big E then did a promo saying that for the second consecutive year, Woods and Kingston were drafted to a brand I'm not on. And I just thought, but why? Why yeah. is that, E? Can you please what explain you that to me? What you could have done, E, is save the money in the bank briefcase mm-hmm. until after the draft and then forced mm. your way onto a different brand by becoming That's the true. champion. Yeah. Oh, you know what else as well? When you were saying about when it, it, they should do the draft when it's relevant to a story, doing it a month before Survivor Series, when Survivor Series is Raw versus SmackDown, and they're like, oh, these people bleed blue. It's like, you've been there for like three weeks. Yeah. Stop a it. lot of their stuff is still in the bin bag at the other show at this point. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but uh, Biggie then did a promo, called out Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre comes out, challenges Biggie for the WWE Championship, and then the Dirty Dogs come out, and I was like, ugh. And I was like, ugh, okay, this is going to be boring. Dolph Ziggler's promo was good because Look, it mate, referenced continuity. It had motivation. He had a reason to be there and a reason to be cross, and that was both of these guys in the ring right now 
had history with Dolph Ziggler and they should be thanking him for their current prominence in the company while he's mm-hmm. obviously slumming it with, with with Big Bob. Um like and that yeah and I think that makes a lot of sense. You can you can literally reference the past, you can show the footage. Dolph's character actually has a reason to be there. It's not just, you know, yes, it is your classic. We're going to have a tag match with two guys who are going to have a match later on. How will they coexist? Storyline. But you've given it a reason for happening. So, like, like actually, well done, WWE. This was, this actually made sense. Yeah. I liked it. Like, But the thing is, why can't you do this all the time and reference your own continuity that you've made? It's there. Just reference it. It's not hard. Everyone has no. some interlinked history somewhere. Just Charlotte retained at Extreme it. Rules, Pete, and we will not talk about why. Um, Ziggler says he just wants a thank you. And you know what? He's kind of right, honestly. And then Biggie says, mm. you know what? We do owe you. We owe you an ass whipping. I was like, why? That's fine, whatever. And then they, they make a take. The temerity, obviously. Pete. The temerity to come out. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Bobby Roode calls himself Big Bob. And Biggie says, literally not one person calls you that. It was a funny line. It was good. Um, and yeah, they made the tag match. And in the tag match, it was fun. Decent little uh, decent little match. Uh, but McIntyre won by tagging himself in on Big E. Ooh, tension. Uh, and then Biggie just kind of he had Dolph Ziggler up for the big ending. And he gets tagged and he just goes, well, I guess I'm not going to hit this move anymore. And just drops him. Yeah. On the floor. <laughs> so, all right, there we go. <laughs> And then Ruse runs in at the end after the I'll post the claymore to be like, I'll take the big ending, then shall I? <laughs> I like the fact that they were calling it, it this was Big Bob and DZ versus Big E and Big D. Yeah. Big D's Goodness taken. Me. Big D's Killian Dane. We all know that. Big exactly, Damo, yeah. mate. Big Damo. Big D. Watch no um, Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, and then they make the crown jewel match official of Big E versus uh, Drew McIntyre. I wonder who's going to win. Considering mm. that Biggie's on Raw and Drew McIntyre is going to SmackDown and the Universal Champion is on SmackDown, could be a swerve, Pete. Could, could be, a, be swerve. a swerve. Maybe, maybe Drew McIntyre is going to win, take it to um, SmackDown, and Brock Lesnar is going to win the Universal Championship and take it to Raw. Maybe I'd hate it so much. Yeah, me too. It would be awful because Biggie qu- would I lose quit. and Roman would lose. That'd be awful. I, it's it's one of those things where you just. Yeah, it's like cool. Like I want to see the match, but we could have just had the match without. Like I wish they wouldn't advance, like announce so much stuff in advance and make it so obvious where people like. Mm-hmm. This is the other thing the draft does is make it so obvious where people's allegiances lie. That this next two weeks, like I said, mm-hmm. is a liminal space. We are just yeah. sitting in between places, waiting for there to be like a defined roster so that stuff can be consequential once again. Uh, we then yeah. saw Reginald backstage to move on. He did some flips. Uh, um, he he wanted to talk to Adam Pierce about the draft. Mm-hmm. He didn't ask his question. He just said, "I'd like to talk to you about the draft." And Pierce just legged it. Uh, he then got chased, and he did. He ran up a thing, and then along a ladder, and then at the top of the ladder, he did a side flip back down to where he'd got up, and landed in front of Apollo Cruz. Mm-hmm. So. Unless people on the WWE roster who are challenging for the 24-7 title cannot look up and to the left, he was in the same place he was before. Mm -hmm. He had gone. There was physically nothing stopping them 
from being directly next to him. Because we never got a shot that panned back to see them all climbing up the ladder to chase him. Laurie, Laurie, Laurie. What you're doing is thinking doing about it. Okay. <laughs> right, I'll stop. I'll stop. But no, Laurie, don't you understand? He did some flips. It was a good flip. It flips, was a great sorry. flip. I like flips. flips. Yeah, no, I mean, Crazy. you should do more flips, right? Pete. Oh, you could be a, God. You'd be a bigger champion than that. Pete, Pete, do a flip. Uh, Kevin Owens came out. Uh, doesn't get a word out of his promo before Akira Tozawa interrupts. And then they did a recap of Akira Tozawa getting bodied by Keith Lee last week, who's a heel, by the way. And then Kevin Owens uh, bodies Akira Tozawa by hitting a stunner, who's a babyface. All right. It's more about who Akira Tozawa is. An mm. annoyance. Yeah. They clearly they liked it. They laughed so much last week that this week it needed to happen again. This yeah, I don't I don't understand. Like is this is the stunner that magical that it we needed to do? We need to spend three minutes setting it up. Because it doesn't moment. have the same power when Kevin Owens does it as it did when like Stone Cold did it. Like you could really build into a Stone Cold doing the stunner. Like I don't, I don't feel the magic from Kevin Owens hitting the stunner. It doesn't have that same like fu attitude that Stone Colds did. You know, like mm-hmm. St- Stone Colds felt like it encapsulated the moment of the Attitude Era. It was like what we all wanted to do to the bosses, and it all happened in the right in the right time in the right place. Just doing it to Akira Tozawa because he's clearly a hapless idiot who thinks he's having a match with a man who ran away um it's not really it's not really it's also it's a it's a 20 year old joke we're still doing apparently yeah the other thing also i just wanted to very quickly point out saw a very funny thing in the chat the rest of the 24 7 type picture are all skyrim guards (laughs) (laughs) must be the wind (laughs) As soon as he gets out of eyeline, they're like, huh, where did he go? Very good. Uh, We got the next round of draft picks. Raw gets the Street Profits. SmackDown gets the Viking Raiders. Raw got... I didn't write this down. I just Finn Balor. Finn Balor. Finn Balor. And then SmackDown took Ricochet, which is like, like I said, I think it's really great that the Viking Raiders and Ricochet are going over. Probably get used over there. That'd be cool. You you say that, but they won't. But Vikings versus Usos, Pete. Ooh, sure. Maybe. Me. They're probably just going to reset because Alpha Academy have gone to Raw, I think, now. And they were teasing mm. Alpha Academy versus Usos. So I guess that's not happening now. Whatever. Um, but they will go... They'll just kind of cycle through the tag teams like they were doing on SmackDown before when they had Ziggler and Rude, Street Profits, Alpha Academy, Mysterios, and Usos. Mm-hmm. And then they just kind of cycled through them for the Usos as challenges. And I guess they're going to do that with the Viking Raiders. And I'm sure that might be a fun match if they actually care. But I don't know. I'm hoping they do something with the Viking Raiders. And I'm really hopeful that they do something with Ricochet now. And they just well, he's gone over there. This is like, you know, he's basically been stuck on Raw for ages now. And just floating around the bottom like you know just mm. circling the drain and so this this is a this is a this is actually genuinely like something fresh to see ricochet do and hopefully they go okay well you know he's someone good to put into the intercontinental title picture i'm he is and i'm doubtful but hopeful i'm i'm really happy you have optimism i don't sol soz mate soz wwe but you're gonna have to 
work harder. <laughs> Someone's <laughs> got to do it, Pete. I trust. Yeah. Yeah. Do so with Ricochet. I demand yeah. it. Do something with Ricochet. Do something with Viking Raiders. But probably not because Viking Raiders were involved in that 24-7 title scene on Raw. Anyway. Come on, just like, at- find one thing to... like. This is the thing. You only need to find... like This is the way WWE booking works, Pete. You only need to find one thing for him to do. And he can do it for six months. Because mm, that's true. the way the booking works. That's true. Uh, so yeah, yeah. No, and, you're right. Speaking of which, Rhea Ripley and Nikki Ash versus Natalia and Tamina. My first note of this match was: I don't care. Boom zap kapow. I thought this was fine. This was the, the champions yeah. dominated. They won pretty quickly. Rhea hits a riptide, uh, and then the, the combination splash move. We might want to rethink that if we can't do that smoothly because it looked dodgy. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> she couldn't get, she could try to, she had to try and get Nikki ASH onto her shoulders so that she could sort of push her off into a splash. And it, it, it was a, <laughs> a comedy of errors, shall we say. Mm-hmm. There were a few attempts to get her up. There was a wobble there, but it just didn't work. Yeah. And I think they also, because the splash off the corner is at least more impressive. Mm-hmm. It's from yeah. it's from but, Rhea Ripley's not taller than a turnbuckle, so but, it, <laughs> it's just... but, it, but it's a tag team finisher. If someone else does it, they get so much more talk behind it, you know. Just do that the works. riptide and then have her jump on them. Yeah. That's a tag team finisher. Yeah, it works. Um, Mickey won, obviously, and we got from the extra picks later on. Natalia and Tamina got split up, so that's the end of that. Great run they had. Um, next round of picks, Raw got Karrion Cross, SmackDown got Gaza and Carrillo, Raw got Alexa Bliss, and SmackDown got Cesaro. Cool. Solid yeah. picks all around. I'm happy that Gaza and Carrillo are going over to SmackDown. That makes me happy, because um, I think they're great. I think mm-hmm. they've got a lot of upside. Um, Goldberg then came out next, and he got introduced as the icon. I'm like, no, that's someone else. Hmm. The icon, Goldberg. I, no, We're that's... We yeah, are that's, retconning that's, that. That's Sting, <laughs> but sure. Um, Goldberg came out and in pretty much every line of this promo said he wanted to kill Bobby Lashley. Uh, he said he, he wants to break I his neck. And then Lashley came out and says, I can give you a match at Crown Show as long as it's no holds barred. And then Goldberg said, oh, thank you, Lashley. No holds barred gives me a license to kill. I can no, kill doesn't. you. No, it doesn't, Goldberg. Killing is still murder. That's still illegal, Goldberg's buddy. Like, I know a guy who's got a Glock. <laughs> Ring him up. He's ringing up arm, being like, give me your Glock, mate. I need it. I've got to kill Bobby Lashley. <laughs> and then exactly. Goldberg said, Goldberg says in this bit, and this is my favorite bit of this whole promo. Yeah. He says, I am going to leave your lifeless body in the ring, gasping for air. Those are two different... This is, if this is gasping for air, Goldberg... He's he's not dead. <laughs> he's not lifeless, killed, is he? I've I've killed a lot of men before, all of them breathing still, still up walking <laughs> around, dead men, all of them. I've killed so many, I've killed loads of men. All these living men that I've killed are dead. Oh my god! All of them, every single one, still so breathing. Funny. And then just to just to cap it all off, he <laughs> says, "You're next, and you're dead." Yeah. God, Gorg, Jesus Christ. Also, he then got, went to go out the ring. He got attacked uh, by Sean Benjamin and Cedric Alexander, and then he spit him. Uh, yay. Goldberg stands tall. He then went to go get out the ring and then realized that Lashley was still on the stage. And he was like, oh, I need to stay in the ring, actually, because that's how the staging's supposed to be. So he like put the one leg up to go out the ring and then was like, actually, no, I'm going to stay here. Ah, yeah, you, Lashley, I'll see you at Crown Jewel. Yeah, I see so you awkward. when you're dead. 
<laughs> you'll remember it because you'll be dead. <laughs> Gasping for air when you're dead. Oh, um, fuck. And God, hilarious. I love, I love all these, like, I love all these, it's like, 50, so 60 plus wrestlers talking about it. killing guys. It's amazing. <laughs> it's like it's like listening to your granddad. It's like, <laughs> kill guy. Got in the bathroom, killed him, stabbed him. So stupid. Um, Seth Rollins is backstage with absolutely no reference to what happened on SmackDown, where he broke into Edge's house and was a dick in Edge's house and, you know, ate an apple and drank some orange juice and sat in a chair. No reference to any of that, because that just ended on SmackDown, where Mm. Seth being in his house and then Edge said, I'm going to get... FTR to come over to the house without actually saying FTR. He said Daniel and David, which is the real names of FTR. Um, but he said, I'm going to get him to come over to the house. And then they never went back to it again. And then on this show, Seth's just here. And they go, oh, Seth's on Raw. And he goes, hey, I'm on Raw. So what happened you... with all of that then? It was just, it also, the promo was, hey, Seth, you're here. And Seth went, I am here. I am here. Here is me. I am here. I am here. Here I am. Don't talk about that. Here I am. I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Also, yeah. Seth said the S word in this promo. And you know what? Didn't make it better, did it? Oof. Just because you throw in a, a naughty word doesn't make the promo better. Hey, I Goodness me. Um, Yay, swear in. And he says he's going to take care of all of that on SmackDown. It's literally him being like, guys, the continuity carries on on SmackDown because it's a SmackDown feud. God, give me a minute. Dumb. Um, got two weeks before yeah, exactly. all of that's wiped from history and we all forget yeah. that I've been in his house eating his food <laughs> uh, New Day versus Hurt Business was next The New Day won I don't really have too much else to say about it it was a it was a quick little match they'd already been speared by Goldberg so you know mm. they already had a massive disadvantage they were um, already dead Pete they were already dead exactly gasping for air these guys um and yeah, New Day One Street Profits came out, and they said we're coming to Raw, and then they all danced. Yeah, well, they also oh. advertised. They also advertised Escape the Undertaker on Netflix. They sure did. Uh, very briefly. Which, so, yeah. which and then... by the way, I'm going to be doing with my friends on Thursday evening, and I'm so excited. It's going to be so bad. I can't wait. I want to do a video of finding all the endings. <laughs> I'll spend see, as many hours as it takes. See, the thing is, we pitched that idea. As soon as it was announced, we're like, okay, we're making some content out of this. We're going to do that Escape the Undertaker thing. We're going to do like every possible ending. We're going to like do all of us reacting to it and all that stuff. And then everyone decided to go away. <laughs> Luke's on paternity leave. I've got Ollie's on holiday. I'm away at two weeks uh, at, for two weeks at the end of this month. Adam's away soon. You're away for a week at the end of October. Like Everyone's away at different times for like the next like but two I months. will escape the Undertaker, Pete. You will escape the Undertaker. I believe you. I believe you. Um, I, might, I might watch that better. Yeah, uh, yeah. Watch Squid Game instead. Uh, we got a it. thing of of Bala coming to Raw. He's there. He's here. Oh, it was a two, but it was not Pete. It's a two for one. It was. A, it's, it's like two picks in. It's like two picks in one. Pete. It's like buying a transformer. It's a car and a robot. It's. It's you know, like two you know, toys in one. You know, you know what you can get two picks for one. Pick a tag team. <laughs> no, Pete. Two picks and one. Split. Best to split those up. Jesus Christ! The economy um, doesn't also, work if we pick the tag teams at once. Can't believe the legitimate explanation we got for the Extreme Rules finish is the commentary team on SmackDown going. Must have been the gods above, and that's it. It's... It was God, everyone. It was God. Anyway, uh, 
Orton and RKO come out for a promo. St- uh, Styles and Omos come out, and uh, he does an RKO to Styles and then runs away. Orton versus Omos coming soon. Well, this I think this was all like this was kind of couched as it being Randy being a bit ruthless and a bit clever, and like mm-hmm. he'd called Omos out so yeah. that Styles also came out. So yep. he could attack Styles rather than fight Omos, which is that mm. kind of all makes it makes some sort of degree of sense. But I would have rather seen Randy Orton take on Omos, frankly. Like, but I guess I if he's not, gonna if if maybe it was a bit up in the air about whether or not he's cleared, maybe they didn't want to give him a full match this week, so they did they did this bit. It was fine. Yeah. It was completely yeah. fine. Yeah. Uh, we then got the final round of picks. Raw got Carmella. SmackDown got Ridge Holland from NXT. Just go. I'm hoping Beef he can Chris. do something. Um, yeah, Pete Dunne's probably well happy about kicking Danny and Oni out of the group now, isn't he? Right. Mm, oh, exactly, you're yeah. going too. Fair, fine. Yep. Sick. Uh, Raw then got Gable Steveson, which is mm. surprising. Um, but I mean, that's good. Gable Steveson's going to be going to the main roster. Not unexpected. I wouldn't expect him to go to NXT 2.0. Can you imagine? Um, but yeah, I, I think he, he's going to hopefully be really good. But I don't think he's probably going to wrestle until... 2022 right i don't think yeah, i don't think i think if they involve him at all it's going to be in a similar vein to the way that rousey was introduced it will probably be somebody else taking him under their wing mm-hmm. in a kind of setup for a match that happens at maybe mania or something like that some something with a bit of big build behind it but somewhere where he can basically train that one match for a while because I feel like otherwise you want you'd want to obviously like the the bit of acting that he did with his parents where he was like clapping himself going to Raw, mm-hmm. it could use work. Um, mm. But and obviously that's something that WWE will teach you, um, and maybe it's not it's definitely not going to be immediate that he's thrust into like a major storyline off the back of that. But I feel like he's obviously someone who's technically gifted enough to just do a wrestling match. Do you mm. know what I mean? Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see how quickly like they they build to a match because I think he'll take to it incredibly fast. I hope so, yeah. Um, with his gold medal, uh, hopefully that reminds us a bit of the angles would be nice and how quickly he mm. took to it. Uh, final pick, SmackDown got Sami Zayn. And then we got the main event of uh, Bianca Belair versus Charlotte Flair. And this was a decent match for what it was, but of course it ended in a schmoz because of course it did. Becky Lynch, uh, the Bianca Belair hit the KOD on Charlotte, looked like she was going to get the win, but then Becky came in and caused the DQ for reasons unknown, and then mm-hmm. Sasha Banks came out and stood tall. whoop de doo to a lot of this. Like, who who's more over coming out of this? Because you can make the argument that, oh, Bianca nearly beat Charlotte Flair. It's like, but she didn't. And mm. sure, she's she's been in that position to win several times, but it all, it doesn't really mean anything because when it comes to the big matches, Bianca never really gets in that position to win. <sighs> I don't know. They're, it makes me want to see. Makes me want to see most, but it makes me want to see more Bianca and and Charlotte. Frankly, mm. like yeah. I think these those two are very evenly matched. I think this match showed it. Like they they have a they have both have a great gymnastic ability as they showed off in the match. They both have quite extreme levels of power that they both got to show off at certain points in this match. They gel really well together, and I think like a, a proper with a clean finish match between those two could be really great. But yeah, Becky was living Chekhov's gun sitting at the side of the you know sitting at the side of the uh, the ring because mm-hmm. we just knew she was going to get involved. So you just knew it was going to go nowhere, and you knew that nothing was going to change and nothing was going to advance. And so you know then she, then Becky attacks, 
Sasha runs out from nowhere, attacks both Becky and Bianca, kneeing them both, and then uh, hitting a backstabber onto Becky, standing tall to close the show. So it's just this one match was trying to do about seven different things at once, mm-hmm. and it's too it's too many things, Pete. Mm-hmm. When actually, it like, is. just Charlotte and Bianca having a match for the championship that has a normal finish where Charlotte wins does more for both people than the, whatever this was. This was like seven different things at once, and it just, you know, and it started off as well. Sorry, can we just... I haven't had a chance to talk to anyone about Bianca Belair's AR. Um, the lip, the the sperm lips, Pete. <laughs> Why does it look so much like a sperm? <laughs> it's the little lips and the weird little tail. It's, oh, so It's not strange. good. It's, it's not so good. Weird. It looks <laughs> awful. It looks like a character from Our Real Monsters. That's what it looks like. It's mm. awful. It's not Amazing. good at all. It's terrible. But anyway, Sasha Banks did so when the show ended, and I went, ah. <clears throat> and like that was my review of the whole show. It was stuff happened, but none of it was very interesting. Didn't really make me excited for more stuff. I don't think the draft worked very well, as we spoke about at the start. And the stuff that wasn't the draft on this show was very by the books and just not, not much happened. As you. As you said in a, in a throwaway line on your edited review, this was all filler, no killer. This was just stuff to fill time around the draft. And that was it. I think this is, and this is the thing. So, like, the draft is happening. We're filling time because the draft is happening. We've got two dead weeks essentially now where we, we don't really have defined rosters for either show. We're also waiting for Crown Jewel because that's when all the big matches are happening. But we've blown our load by having all the beatdowns and all the stuff already happen like everything for crowd like crown jewels already fairly set up and people have already said i'm gonna kill you <laughs> and it's like yeah sasha banks has already run in and, and nailed everyone involved in that match so like what are we gonna do for the next two weeks to hype those shows mm. do you know what i mean like it feels yeah. like kind of the main things that tend to happen to close out your closing angles your go home shows has already kind of occurred so like what what more wheel spinning can we possibly do to hype matches that have already been pre-announced? Like there needs to be some there needs WWE needs to find a way that doesn't just rely on the fact that you go, well, I want to like I want to see Becky versus Bianca versus Sasha. Do you know what I mean? Like I do want to see that, but that poster shouldn't be the only thing keeping the story together and the only thing keeping me interested in the idea of the match. Like there should be some, some way of the story clicking together on the shows, some way of showcasing all the talent and having really close matches that builds into this, into this big match and makes that feel special at the moment. It just feels like everything about it is confusing Mm. and part of something else. And there's, Charlotte's involved somewhere and Charlotte now going to be added to that match too or is this or is Becky just going to take on Charlotte when Becky retains her belt at Crown Jewel and Charlotte retains her belt so then we're going to have them at Clash of Champions like is that or Survivor Series or whatever it is like is that just going to be where we go yeah that I don't know I'd love to tell you but I don't know um anyway overall I'd have given this show similar to what you did I think two out of five I don't much else to say. It was a fairly poor show overall. I don't think the draft went well, and I don't think the episode overall was very good surrounding it. So, I think when the when the wrestling happened, the wrestling was good, but this it show was. dispensed with the wrestling incredibly quickly. And this is the thing: like you're, a, I know that they think they're a storytelling company, 
their mm. stories are Goldberg, a granddad, telling people, I'm going to kill you. Mm-hmm. That's the st- that's the story. You hurt my son. I'm going to kill you. And then he said that six times. He did. That's not different ways. That, yeah. That's one. That's one line of a story that you're yeah. eking out over a period of weeks, weeks, Pete. And we don't have time to. We don't have time for people to celebrate the end of a match. We don't have ta- more time to give matches more than five minutes time. This it it's bad. Bad, yeah. bad TV. Bad. I dislike. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's a shame because I think the, the talent they've got is great. I think the matches when they're allowed to breathe are really good. But yeah, everything is just why are they trying to do four things at once rather than just make the draft feel like if this this if this two week period of time means nothing, make the draft feel special. Then dispense mm-hmm. of all the storyline. You've got another two weeks to do all the crown jewel storyline. It doesn't have to be. It's not that deep, man. Like it's. Yeah. Becky's going to take on Bianca and Sasha because the stuff happened at Extreme Rules. That's already set up. You don't need to do any of this other stuff. Just have fun. Do a do a draft. Make it silly. Put all the people in the room. Have matches. Have surprises where people come out and, and announce that they're on a show. Don't just boringly tell us who's going where as if you're reading if you're, as if you're reading out like the rotor for the week. Like, do something fun with it. It's it's meant to be a bit of TV. It's meant to be a jumping off point. And nothing about this draft was used to further a storyline properly. Yeah. 100% agree. Well, before we get into the rest of your Ultra Chats here, we've got to say thank you to some very special people. And those are our $25 and above pledge hammers over on our Patreon page. If you haven't been to our Patreon page yet, you should. Uh, go check it out. Loads of extra bonus content, loads of fun stuff. Um, and if you pledge at the $25 or above tier, get your own custom wrestling nickname and it gets read out on a show much like this one. So thank you to Meticulous Michaela Troll. Thank you. Yes. You, I you can't see him, Pete, so you're going to have to do it. You can't him. see him. I'm just doing all of them, I guess. All right, sick. Yeah. The Junus Brothers. Junus Conan. Yay. Thank you. General Jimmy G. Thank you very much. NJ Hornsberg. Yes. Get thank you. Victor Henry Napoleon Dynamite. Hell yeah. Thank you. The $100 Man. CD Horvath. Woo. Thank you. The Kessel Run. DX Solo. Amazing. Hey. Thank you. Mad Mac the Meat Father. Oof. Amazing. Thank you. That's a hell of a name. I know. Ryan Disco Stewart. Lovely. Thank you very much. Super Kick Nick Mazesco. Thank you. Double L Wobble Liam Leonard. Thank you. Double L. And, and the Findicator Finn Brennan. Woo. Thank you very the vindicator, much. The Thindicator. Yeah. The Jeff Amazing. Hardy clap, someone said. <laughs> uh, thank you very much, all of our pledge hammers. Let's get into the rest of your ultra chats real quick. We'll speed through them. And then we'll end the show because we've already overran. Uh, Sean Blanford says, uh, Gotta love the epic troll job WWE did to Alexa Bliss. Everyone wants their draft. They've got a great looking page with a list of accomplishments. Alexa, ugly cry face. This company. 
that mm. was. She had a breakdown, didn't she? Um, Saeed Alansari says, uh, when Brock Lesnar said he's a free agent, I think he's meant he's just like John Cena back in 2017, where he can go to either Raw or SmackDown whenever he wants. That's not the rules of the draft that they set out. That's n- <sighs> whatever. 69 Intangible Sadie Deegan says, uh, hey, pretty boys. Well, if it ain't my favorite duo, Papa Laurie and his champion son, how dare you? Um, so Raw happened. The women's title scene is confusion. It's too late, guys. I got my hopes up for Shayna. I'm actually excited for her on SmackDown. Let her win everything. Yeah, I want Shayna to win everything. She's great. More, more Shayna. Yes. Um, Peter Mullins says, I've been trying to look at WWE through a different lens of late, seeing as how WWE isn't wrestling. I've stopped analyzing it as a wrestling product. I look at it as a TV show and as a business. Since I've been doing it, since I've been doing this, it makes even less sense. Ah! I mean, this is the thing. Don't, don't try and watch it as a TV show rather than a wrestling show. No, no, like, it's an even worse TV show than it is a wrestling show. Let me stop you there, Laurie. Don't try and watch it. Just end the sentence there. Just don't try and watch it. <laughs> uh, no, sometimes, sometimes it's good, Pete. Sometimes it's good. <laughs> sure. Uh, there, are nug- there are little moments, little, tiny little nuggets of gold in there. Uh-huh. In, 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 in the three-hour show. show. Uh-huh. Yeah, somewhere. Yeah. It? It's like panning for gold, though. Panning for gold wouldn't be fun if it wasn't, if you found gold every single time, would it? True, yeah. It's uh, the anticipation. Mark- <laughs> <laughs> it's not how TV works. Uh, Marcus G. Hagberg says, new ego for Hardy, Willow, itchweed. Sure. Uh, Saeed Alansari again says, uh, I thought WWE was going to tie the Montez Ford commentary table botch with the Finn Balor's turnbuckle incident because they are kind of similar in a sense that both were abrupt and happened to wrestlers who were against Roman Reigns. No, the commentary table botch wasn't planned and the rope one was, so... Because mm. WWE don't want to lead into that story. Whatever. Um, well, he's gone now, isn't he, Finn? See you, mate. Yeah, he's pop. over to run now. And so is the Street Profits. Off you go. Go mate. on, take you and your demon off your, yeah. off your pop. There will be oh, no God. investigation. Yeah. Uh, Lakshmi Narasimhan B says, uh, with their roster growing by the week, maybe AEW might eventually need a split between Dynamite, Rampage, and Dark. Only fix the loopholes WWE ignores. Split brands is not a TM, is it? Darn, Vince is rushing to the patent office to file it, isn't he? <laughs> um, I don't think AEW needs to split brands at all. I don't, I don't see the benefit. No, I think like I think your the their, the way their programs work is is works really nicely because you can hype things for different shows. So you you ask people to watch different stuff, and having your best talent appear on all of them is a really good way to get people to watch all the different stuff, and hopefully discover new people that will then, after a short period of refreshment on the smaller things like Dark and Dark Elevation, move back up to being on featured on Dynamite. It keeps your wrestlers wrestling while also being it feeling like it's worth it because storylines can still continue but also gives them a chance to rest and refresh the rosters on the main shows. Whereas mm-hmm. WWE's problem is they have huge rosters and they only feature half of them on one show in usually the same combinations, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Um, and I believe that is it for the Ultra Chats as well. So that is going to draw this episode to a close. Thank you very much, everyone, for watching and coming and hanging out. If you're watching on Catch Up, please press the videos that have just appeared on the screen to catch up with more awesome WrestleTalk content and the button in the middle that will take you over to our Patreon page where you can become a pledge hammer, get all that sweet bonus content and all the extra awesome stuff.
So, Laurie, ha- mm. did you have a good weekend, bud? I did have a good weekend. Guess where I mm. went? It's um, north of where I live. Oh, I was going to say London, because I figured work would have you come down for something. But... No, so I was in London the weekend before. Okay. I went north right. this week. Mm-hmm. Where did to I go Scot- north? Scotland? Yes, I went to Scotland. Okay. To a specific Scotland. part of Scotland. Okay. So is it, uh, you know, one of the big cities in Scotland? Or is it, no. like, a bit more remote? It's a bit more remote than the big city in Scotland. Ooh. Um, did you go to... Um, you can also Loch sit Ness. by looking up. Oh, we went past Loch Ness. Mm. Stopped okay. for a bit. Didn't see her, if you're wondering. Did you go to, did you go to, to, to Ben Lomond? I don't no. know. I'm just naming, naming mountains. We went to point. Sky, Peter. Oh, it's, it's very bit, good. Go. Yeah, Sky was really good. Really, really good. Uh, great fun. Loved it. Yeah. yeah. What did you do there? Very pretty. Just like a getaway. I uh, went with some mates of mine for a 40th birthday and Lovely. we went out. Well, we basically got incredibly drunk on mm-hmm. night one. And then we got up at five in the morning to go to the old man of store when no one was there and take photos. Uh, and that was really fun, apart from the, the desperate need to be sick. Uh, and then we <laughs> went for, a, then it was like, then we had to go find bacon. Bacon was the main thing we talked about. The whole way around the old man of store, we talked about bacon. But the guy <laughs> whose 40th birthday was, he like, he's a really keen photographer. Um, and he was like so hungover as we were walking up the hill. You have to go up quite a steep hill to get to like the sort of viewing bit for the old mm-hmm. for the old man of store. And um, like it, it'd been a fairly, fairly clear morning thus far but as we were getting up to the top we could see this mist beginning to roll in and a few of us got up there a little bit quicker because we're just a little Mm -hmm. bit more on it that day and as we got to the top we're like wow that is an incredible view look at that mist coming in and by the time (laughs) he got up there it was you couldn't see it from where Mm -hmm. we were it was so misty and windy and wet so then we had to go back down and be like walk right up to it and be like oh there it is now we can see it and then it then it all cleared up it was lovely don't outside in scotland don't bank on it it's just sometimes mm. it doesn't want you to be there, and no. that's fine. Um, yeah, but the sky, wonderful place, just incredibly far away, very, very far away. I mean, that that is generally the idea when you go to somewhere remote. It's kind of far yeah. away from everything. Yeah, that's sort of the point, actually. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I'm very excited because I'm going to be going away to Brighton at the end of this month, which Ooh, is I love cool. Brighton. Yeah, I love Brian. Been there a couple of times. Really enjoy it. Um, but one of my friends has a house there. So a few of our my mates who I haven't seen since pre-lockdown, uh, we're all going to go and hang out in Brighton for a weekend, which I'm cool. super excited for. We're going to get very drunk and take some board games. What board games are you going to take? Well, I don't really have the best board game collection personally, but my mate does. And I bought him for his birthday this year. I bought him snake oil. So I was like, Bring snake oil, because yeah. fun and alcohol, right? Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones that people wanted to bring. Uh, I've got a ticket to ride I could bring, but that's not necessarily the best. That's the more casual, you know. That's, how many? How many people? You, how many people are going? I uh, believe there's going to be seven total. Oh, take mafia! Get mafia de Cuba and take mafia de Cuba. It's really fun. Mafia de Cuba. Okay. Mafia de Cuba. You get a little cigar mm-hmm. box, and inside the cigar box are fifteen diamonds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also poker chips that represent different roles. You pass one of you plays the boss, and that is your take for the day. You can take some diamonds out and hide them in your pockets. You then pass the box on, and the next player gets to choose to take some diamonds, or they get to take a token, which gives them a role. 
pass the box all the way around, everyone taking something from the box. The box comes back to the box to the boss. They look in the box to find out what's still in the box, usually mm-hmm. nothing. And mm-hmm. then they ask people what they took from the box and what mm-hmm. the box looked like when they received it. And then the aim of the game is you tell people to turn out their pockets and you have like two lives essentially to do that. Mm-hmm. If you fail to fail to get all your diamonds back, the person with the most diamonds wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, who stole the most diamonds but then there's also a role like the fbi who want to be accused of having the diamonds because then they go gotcha. fbi freeze and they get to win yeah. we played okay. that when we were in sky and it is so fun and everyone gets mm. really into the role of being like i ain't a snitch he's a snitch i ain't got any <laughs> diamonds turn out your pockets turn yeah. them out there great game that sounds very fun um there's kind of like a, a sheriff of nottingham me vibe of trying yeah. to trying to bluff what you've got or not got kind of thing and it's a really good one for people who like aren't really into really complex rule games because it's Mm. mostly talking it's mostly intuition as long as you know as long as you can remember what three different things do then you're fine and yeah it's really really fun people were playing that we played a lot of skull on the weekend as well because people got really into skull uh, building up the tension as you're like i'm going to turn over all of them that one's fine. That one's fine. That one's fine. That one's fine. You get down to the last one, and it's like, ha ha, f you. Yeah, you got a skull. Oh, Ugh. what a juicy, delicious game! It's so much fun. Uh, I don't know what other games are going to be brought. My mate's got the board game collection, but I know he's got lots of them, and he's got lots of games that he's bought that he's wanted to play for a while and hasn't. So he's probably going to bring all of them. Like we, we had for mm. his birthday in June, when the the idea was I bought Snake Oil as if it was mine. Um, and just said, oh, I've got a new game that we're going to play on this little board game that we're going to do for your birthday. We'll come around. And we played a few different games, played Sheriff of Nottingham and other things that I can't remember because we had a lot of alcohol. Uh, but we ended with Snake Oil, which was the new one that I wanted to play. And I was like, oh, it's my new game kind of thing. And then after we finished playing, he really enjoyed it. And I was like, oh, do you like Snake Oil? He was like, yeah, it's awesome. So much fun. I was like, cool. It's yours. Happy birthday. And he was like, ah, awesome. Um, which is really cool. So we got to take that. Um, but... Uh, when he, when he came around for the board game night, he literally turned up with this massive like duffel bag full of board games. He's like, "We're set for the night." <laughs> like, okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> we, we definitely I spent all of the weekend. Play. Be- spent all of the weekend before uh, mm-hmm. this weekend playing Betrayal Legacy uh, with my brother nice. and some friends. That was really fun. That was mm. just like if you played regular Betrayal. It's a bit wonky sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did. We did all of that for the whole weekend, and then we did board game club for two days. So I spent five <laughs> days essentially playing board games. I mean, <laughs> um, it's not terrible. It it's not. It's not a terrible way to make a living, I have to say. Uh, yeah, but the, the betrayal legacy was so so good. Like, because you get mm. to have items that belong to your family, and then you mm. find them again That's in good. later games. You get to like they rip stuff up. You find things. There's, there's stuff hidden everywhere in the game and then we've just got to this point where we've opened up i'm not going to spoil it for anyone but you open up something else beyond the mansion um Mm -hmm. and it's just like it just keeps escalating and getting more and more intense and weird and like it's still just the base game of betrayal but every single round it adds something new that's like oh that's really fun that's a really Mm -hmm. novel idea can't wait to see what happens with that and then inevitably you're the traitor (laughs) and yeah (laughs) i get the best of you now um oh it's genius and also like if you know if you've not played betrayal legacy and you are looking to play play betrayal legacy the very first game sets the tone so well for what it Mm -hmm. should be which i don't want to spoil because it's too good but yeah it's that first game is awesome yeah 
I, I really need to get into play more legacy games. So I've, I've played Betrayal, but Betrayal at Baldur's Gate, I think I've done. Not uh Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, which is fun. Um, but I think we've played it like two or three times. And like there was one time where the non-traitor p- people, which was all of us, just just won. It was, it was really easy because um, it was like, ah, uh, we, we spent ages like, because it was the first time we were playing it. We spent ages like, okay, so when we get to this point, we need to, okay, so then this is the thing happens and we're going to need to go away and we're going to read this thing. We're going to read this thing. And it turns out that my character just had an item that kind of just won because our win condition mm. was um, the evil person has an item and we need to get the item off him to win. And we, I did it because I had an item that says steal an item. So I went up to him and went, got it. And we won. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> There's a, a few times. But... There are a few times where it's it's a bit like that, and like the amount you explore sets the tone of the game so much that you mm. can't ever get back. One team can't ever get back from it, and that's that's a real shame. And sometimes yeah. the rules aren't written that clearly, as well as another problem that I found with betrayal. But it is really fun as long as you just buy into the silliness of it and the the role playingness, mm. and also don't get salty if it does go weird for your team. Just like rack it up again, play again. Yeah, it's obviously totally. hard to do if you've invested three hours into into a full yeah, totally, conclusion. Yeah. But yeah. if you're trying to get through it really quickly because you're trying to do all of it in a weekend, hey, that's the way to do it. <laughs> that's the way. Also, very quickly before we end today, I wanted to tell you something specifically because I'm very excited about it and I haven't been able to share this news with very many people because all my friends are doing it and I don't, can't spoil it for them. So my D&D campaign, right? Mm. For my, my, my weekend away in Brighton, um, all of the people that are going to be there are all players in my campaign. We've never been able to have everyone together in the same room before. Ooh. We played together. Plus there's one other who plays in another campaign that I'm also playing in. So I was like, do you want to have a temporary character? And we can do a session of my campaign with everyone there with like six players. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait for that. Very excited. But I realized that the next session that we were going to do in my current uh, D&D campaign would actually be a really good session for uh, my mate to join in on with his temporary character. Because if we do the next, we've got one session before the end of October, basically penciled in, which is next weekend or this weekend. Sorry. Um, and I realized if we did that session there, then the next session after might be a bit more boring and, you know, not much might happen. And it might be a bit boring for my mate to join in on. So I was like, why don't we postpone that session to the one in Brighton so he can have the fun, exciting one. And then we'll mm. do like an, an, an out of canon fun thing for this weekend anyway. So we'll still play, but we'll just do something out of canon. It'll be a bit fun. And then I had a really fun idea for something that I've really wanted to do for ages, which is basically just doing Doom, but in D&D. It's just they get transported to the nine circles of hell. Get out. There's a load of devils and demons. Oh, that's Kill them. Fun. Kill them. And, that's, and it's, that's the whole thing. I've just been planning that for ages. And I'm so excited to do it. I think it's gonna be meat so much fun. grinder. Yeah. And it's going to be, I'm going to be playing the Doom soundtrack while we do it. It's just going to be a very fun time. I'm so excited. Uh, it's it's going to be good. And I've got a little, I like a little story. Love a little one um, shot. Yeah. Uh, I've made some maps and they look kind of cool. And I'm, yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm I like just having throw, like having a throwaway character is really fun. Like I like mm. character development, but I've been playing my D&D character for like three years now. Love to play someone else. Mm, totally. Yeah. Played Especially a very argumentative like a... guy at Call of Cthulhu the other week when we played. Oh, yeah? it. We played it. Played in person with Tom uh, being oh, the GM for us. Adam told me yeah. this. Yeah, and I'm with, with Sully and Low, <laughs> Sully Low, mm. my brother Tom, and uh, it was bloody awesome. It was really, really fun, but we didn't get very far because we spent ninety percent of the time arguing. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't surprise me if I'm honest. Oh yeah. 
when you've got personalities as big as Lolo and Laurie. Oh my god, crazy to oh, yeah. It was. It yeah. was. I. I did cause it. Yeah. It was me. I did pull my gun incredibly early. <laughs> the first thing that happened, I was like, "Pull my gun!" <laughs> and then I dropped the gun. Oh, God. Oh, uh, an idiot. That wasn't even for content. Just playing extras. Oh man! In the NRB studio and everything with the proper. Se- mm. Jealous. Yeah, it was very good. I'm very jealous. jealous. We, did, we did. We did mood lighting, Pete. Mood lighting. I want that. I want it so bad. Anyway. That is going to do it for this episode of the Wrestle Talk podcast. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Really do appreciate it. And uh, we'll be back with more content soon. It's going to be me and Tempest tomorrow. And it's going to be me and Tempest on Thursday. And it's going to be Adam and Denise on Friday. And it's going to be me and Tempest on Saturday. There's a lot of me and Tempest this week. Sorry. That's what you There's get when Tempest Ollie coming through town. <laughs> and <on> the hatches. <laughs> That's what happens when Ollie goes on holiday and Luke's away. So, you know, is what it is. Um, anyway, thank you for listening, everyone. Stay safe. We love you very much. Goodbye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.